Glory to God. Oh, we bless you today, Jesus. So thankful for the Word of God today. And that's, you know, more than just this book here, but I'm thankful for the Word that was made flesh and dwelt among us. He dwelt among those people then. And, man, what a time it would have been to uh, see Him walking this earth and doing the things he was doing if you knew if you would have been one of the ones who caught the revelation and realized who he was I guess for those that missed it just uh, he was nothing more than just another man but but you know today the Bible says we're born again by the word of God and he lives inside of us and so really the word is now living in flesh still and it's all around we can do the same things he did. He said, and greater things shall we do. And so it's, it is no less exciting today for the church to be uh, preaching the gospel and seeing lives changed. And, you know, we just excited. Last uh, Sunday we had those three filled the Holy Ghost, and uh, we baptized uh, two on Wednesday night and just excited, excited, excited about what God's doing in his church. So uh, listen. I, I, long, I would love to have seen those days, but uh, Jesus knew, hey, there's a greater day coming. And my church is going to be all across this world. And, uh, you know, even Jesus, being God manifest in the flesh, he still was limited to that, wherever he was in that body, as far as that body. But now he said, I've got uh, my children all over the globe preaching the gospel, laying hands on the sick, seeing people filled the Holy Ghost. Man, it's a wonderful, wonderful time to be in the church and to see what God's doing. Uh, it's just a great time. While we're standing this morning, one verse of Scripture in Joshua 1 and 8. Joshua 1 and 8 today. There's so many good st stories in Scripture in the book of Joshua. And, the, and I love that the way that the book is framed the first chapter and, and then the last chapter of uh, the things that uh, and of course we're not going to cover all that but when you're reading that just pay real close attention to the first chapter and then those last chapters where Joshua was giving his farewell address and, and just see how good God is to his people but he said here to Joshua this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. You just can't replace the Word of God. It's great. Today we'll continue in our series, The Authority of God's Word, and today we're going to talk about its instructions. Let's pray for the lesson. Lord, we love you today and thank you for goodness and mercy. So thankful for the Word of God. I know that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. Today, let our ears hear what the Spirit would say. Let our hearts be ground prepared to receive it. Lord, that we can grow and bring forth much fruit. Lord, we love you today. We thank you again for your Word. Jesus bless this teaching today in your holy name. Amen. Give the Lord another hand clap and a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated this morning. Thank you again for being in the house of the Lord. A lot of people are 
not well today, sick today. We've had several phone calls already of people not feeling well, and so we really want to be praying. It is time to pay attention, make sure we're protecting ourselves and taking care of ourselves today. Sister Becky Daniel, it's good to see you this morning. Glad to see you. Glad to see you at home. Praise God. Today, the, uh, the theme, the, I guess the big idea for this lesson is that in order to find success and God's will. Anybody ever looked for either one of those things? How about looking for both of them? Yeah. But God's will, boy, people, I want God's will. You hear that all the time. I just want God's will. I just want God's will. So in order to find success in God's will, we must heed the instruction in God's word. Sometimes people that are <clears throat> have achieved success in maybe a certain field, uh, you know, they come up with some, all of a sudden you see, wow, man, they're really, uh, you know, getting in shape or they're really losing weight or they're really uh, making money and, you know, whatever it is. And you go, man, what's the secret to your success? And they'll, they'll have something. And a lot of times they're like, no, it's, it's a trade secret. <laughs> and, and I can't reveal that. It's, you know, they want to hold on to it. They don't want anybody else to get it or to steal it. They, you know, they, some people are very, uh, stingy like that. It's, no, no, you figure this out on your own. But, but then there's some that will share, you know, what it takes to be better. There are people who see the bigger picture and they would like to pass on what they've learned. And, and so God, seeing that his people are people and they want to do good in life. Hey, being God's people doesn't make us some kind of robot that uh, we just think, well, I'm just going to do whatever. And if I'm just you know, if I never have anything good or I never have any success, it'll be all right, whatever. You know, we just, God wants his people to be blessed. God wants his people to be uh, on top. It's always been like that. And before he ever spoke these words to Joshua, it was already like that. He was already telling uh, his people, this is what it's going to take for you to have the best life. As uh, we Talk about that sometimes jokingly saying, you know, there's, there's that little phrase. People say they'll see a picture of somebody doing something. Oh, they're living their best life. Well, you will be living your best life if you are living it according to God's word. Because his word is not just for us to uh, paint on pictures and hang on the wall uh, or to, to, to quote, you know, when we're in trouble. It is instruction for life. Uh, it is uh, going to help us. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord tendeth to life. In other words, it takes care of everything you need to live. Well, when we fear the Lord, the Bible says that the whole duty of man is to fear God and keep the commandments. This is the whole duty of man. So when I fear him and keep his commandments, listen, life will take care of itself. We're so uh, you know, you're going to start dropping things when you're trying to, to juggle life and living for God. Live for God, let Him take care of life. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't mean He... Listen, in Him, the Bible says, in Him, I live, I move, and I have my being. Without Him, I'm nothing. I've got to have Him. But I've also got to trust him with my life. I've got to trust him with every step I take. I need to trust him 
uh, every morning that I wake up. Hey, when you get in your car and you take off down the road, I hope you're trusting God because anything could happen. Anything can happen. You know, it used to be uh, you just worry about maybe another car hitting you, but today, I mean, I, you hear on the news with all this rain, uh, well, a tree might just fall across the road and hit you. you. You don't know. I mean, and live out in the country, there'll be a wild animal jump through your windshield. You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you just don't know uh, who's going to go through the intersection. Or uh, I was telling my wife just the other day, I said this big truck, it wasn't an 18-wheeler, but it was carried one of those big roll-off containers. And he was, man, he was flying, and he was coming up toward Walmart. And we were right there in that double lane. I, I got around him. I said, man, he's uh, just moving, and the roads were wet and still raining a little bit. By the time I got to the red light there where Crystal is at, I was stopped. The light was red. I had been stopped for two or three seconds. And I look in my side view mirror, and here comes this truck at about 70 miles an hour just whew, through the red light. And I said, now, if anybody had been coming, it would have been all over because there's nowhere for him to go. Uh, I mean, and so you see how God's just taking care of things sometimes. You don't even realize. But the main thing is that we must pay attention to the Word of God. This is uh, first and foremost, that we love the Lord. The first commandment is to love Him with everything we've got. And then the next one, love our brother as we love ourselves. And on these two commandments hang everything. Take care of his business, and it will take care of your business. What did Jesus say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So you don't, don't replace anything in there. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Not seek first God and then, well, I'm seeking you first God, but then I'm taking care of my own stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll take care of my stuff. Seek him and his righteousness. And he said, all these things will be added unto you. Life will begin to fall in place. It doesn't mean you can't plan or that you shouldn't plan. It doesn't mean that you don't do some work uh, in this life, but when all you can focus on is how am I going to get by day to day, you have forgotten that the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and His ears are open to their prayers. There needs to be some reliance on this Savior. For more than just uh, you know, uh, the time that we spend at the altar. Uh, you know, we need to rely on him as we walk through the day. Uh, David said, he's like a shepherd. He's watching over me. And, and, and what did he say? That he will lead me into those green pastures. In other words, wherever I need to have food, he'll take me there. He's going to take me by the still waters. And, and when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's there. He's going to prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. He's always making sure I have what I need. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be a good little sheep. I'm just going to follow him. I'm not wandering off in the wilderness. I'm not going to get off and stuck in a pit and a briar patch in a cave somewhere. I'm just going to be a good little sheep, follow the Lord, and let him feed me, protect me, take care of me, give me comfort, you know, uh, just be there for me. I'm going to listen to his word. And so uh, before Joshua ever got any of this, God was letting Moses know so he could relay it to Israel. My instruction is what's going to take care of you the rest of your life. In the book of Deuteronomy, uh, chapter 6, uh, the Lord had given these words to Moses. It says, now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you 
that you might do them in the land whether you go to possess it. Now, the land was already promised. It was already given. They still had to possess it. He said, but to do that, you've got to do the word. You've got to take the commandments and do what I teach you. You know, some people sit in school, in class, and they are taught, but they don't do what they're taught. You ever taught somebody something and just like they nod their head, but then they never do what you teach them? It's in a... They just, they're not, they don't want to learn. They say, I want to do my own thing. I don't, I don't want to do it the way you, you do it. I want to do it my way. Uh, he said, so you're going to do this. In verse 2, he said, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God, keep all his statutes and his commandments, keep them, which I command you, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of your life, that your days may be prolonged. He said, it's not just for you but it's for your son and for your son's son. In other words, it will never change. It will always be my word that you need to keep. There's never going to be a, a generation born that they get to not keep this word. No matter what the world says about it today, there will never be a generation born where the word of God has become void or null or of no effect. So then in verse 3, he says, Hear, therefore, o Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that you might increase mightily as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you in the land that flows with milk and honey. And so God was telling them that I have got things that you can't imagine for your life, but I need you, what I need you to do is just follow me. Keep my commandments. Watch where you're walking, watch what you're doing, listen to what I say. God's never going to put more on us and put some kind of cruel yoke upon us with his word. Uh, it's not uh, a burden. It's not hard. His, his commandments are not grievous. And uh, it is uh, simply for our better, betterment, he said, so it can be well with you. You do these things not because I'm some kind of dictator. You do these things and it will be well with you. You know what God's going to do if you don't do it? You're just going to end up with the consequence of it. You'll end up stressed out and worried, always trying to figure out how can I make the pieces fit when God's saying, if you would just let me, you could sit back and watch everything fall into place. You're trying to force things in there, and that's not where it goes, but if you would just sit back, I will let everything fall into place. And so he went on to say in, in, uh, in chapter 28, the blessings of being obedient. He said, it'll come to pass if you shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God, observe and do all his commandments which I command you this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall you be in the fruit of your body, and the fruit of the ground, the fruit of the cattle, increase of thy kind, the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be the basket in thy store. Blessed shall thou be when you come in and when you go out. The Lord shall cause enemies that rise up against you to be smitten before your face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord will command the blessings upon thee in thy storehouse and in all that you set your hand unto. You see, we're always, we talked about not just the secret of success, but also about the will of God. And sometimes when what we're putting our hand to, Lord, is this your will? 
And this is what he's saying. If you will do what I ask you to do and follow my commandments, not only will uh, you have everything you need to be successful, but you will be walking in my will. The things that are my will will open up and be there. You'll be walking into them. It was his will to give them the promised land and to subdue all their enemies. He said, and if you'll keep my commandments and follow me, you will have the will of God. Well, is it your will for us to, to, to have this and have that? Follow me and you'll have it. That, we're, you know, uh, many times we make the will of God so hard uh, and so mysterious and, and, and don't really even understand how simple it is to have the will of God in our life. It would, we would just obey the word of God that we have in our life. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in just a, just a moment. But he said, uh, so in verse 9, he said, The Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself, as he has sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God, and walk in his way. All the people of the earth shall see you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make you plenteous in goods, fruit of the body, fruit of the cattle, fruit of the ground, in the land which the Lord sware to your fathers to give you. The Lord shall open unto you his good treasure, the heaven, to give rain in the land in his season. Boy, somebody's been faithful because we've got a lot of rain. Uh, and to bless all the work of your hand. And thou shalt lend unto many and shall not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only and shall not be beneath. And if, if, big old if right here. If you hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. And so we see that God is very big on following his instruction. And there's, why wouldn't we now that we see what happens? There's so many people say, I just want to be saved. Well, I want to be saved too, but I sure would like to enjoy this life. But we've got it uh, like it's in two different compartments. That salvation is right here, and you get that, and it has nothing to do with the rest of your life. That's false doctrine. That's not true. That's not Bible. Uh, he's, going, he's the Lord. He's the Savior. And everything he does is about us living a saved life. So when he says, you keep my commandments, well, number one, that's going to help save you. Because the way to salvation is in the scripture. It's in the commandments. But now I've got to live. So it'll teach me how to live like him by following his instructions, by uh, being corrected by his word. But it will also let me be blessed. Because how uh, do I think I know better what I need when I know that God knows better what I need? He sees everything. He sees the beginning. He sees the end. Everything going on in the middle. He knows what's going on in my mind, in my heart. The scripture even says he, has, he knows what you have need of before you even ask it. But still he says ask. Because uh, he's not going to just force anything on us. But when I am keeping his commandments, man, I can knock and it'll be open. I can seek and I'll find. And then I can ask and it'll be given. If I do give, it'll be given back, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Uh, it'll be given back in, into my bosom. That's what the scripture says. God is going to let you have the best when you obey, you're going to be rewarded when you obey. He said, when you pray, uh, your father will see that and he will reward you openly. When you fast, your father will see that and he will reward you openly. And when you give, your father sees that and he will reward you openly. But that's when, Jesus said, when you fast. 
when you give. So if there's a when, there's an expectation. If you want a secret to success, follow the instruction of the Word of God. The Bible says how, uh, that what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel. Where are they going to appear? Oh, you mean, what about them that believe it? A lot of people believe it, but how many people obey it? And sometimes, isn't it, uh, obeying the gospel is a lot more than just uh, that initial uh, Acts 2.38. But living that life for God, following his word. Jesus said, look, if you love me, you'll, you'll want more than just being saved. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Not just the ones that save you from a devil's hell. He said, that, not just that. He said, you will, you know, too many people, I'm just trying to escape the pit. Okay, well, I don't want to go there either, but I also want to live pleasing to God. And then I would also like to be blessed because the Bible says the way of a transgressor is hard. Transgressing what? His word. When I go against his word, it gets very hard. When you read Deuteronomy 28, you'll see that he spent those first 14 verses uh, talking about how good things can be when we obey God. The rest of the book talks about how bad it is. It's a lot more... It's a lot worse to not obey. It's a lot simpler, in other words, to obey, but it's a lot worse and things go a lot harder for us when we won't obey the instruction uh, in the Word of God. So if I want to find success, I'm not just going to find it. I may find worldly fame or I can, get a, you know, I can have worldly income, the things what the world thinks is success. Oh, he's making six figures. You know, he's... He's, he's smart, he's, he's got a, a great job, he's, you know, he's famous, he, he's got titles. He, you know, we, can, we can pull all that stuff to us and it don't mean nothing. It won't mean anything because, let me tell you, the best of circumstances in this world don't mean you're right with God. Jesus told a parable about two men. They were on two ends of the spectrum. There was a rich man and a beggar. And the rich man, it said, lifted up his eyes in hell. But the beggar, Lazarus, was in the bosom of Abraham. And so the best of conditions in this world don't guarantee that, hey, you got everything right with God. And the worst of conditions in this world don't mean that God's against you because it's not measured by those kind of things, success of what you feel inside. There's people who don't have a lot of things, but, man, inside they're right and they're good. And you say, man, how can they be at peace when they just they don't have nothing because they do have something? He said, be content with such things as you have because I have said, I will never leave you or forsake you. They have learned that I am content in him and that I do have, I may not have everything that uh, my eyes see, but God knows I don't need everything my eyes see. Sometimes what we want ain't what we need. And God knows what we need. There was a man sitting at the temple and he was begging. And when John and Peter came by, he said, hey, you got anything for me? He was wanting silver or gold. That's what he wanted. But what he needed was Jesus. And so Peter said, silver and gold, I, I don't have any of that. But what I do have, I will give unto you. And in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Do you think that he would have rather had a couple of coins than have his strength back in his legs to, or that he never had? He got something he had never had. His life was changed forever just because of the name of Jesus. And so uh, how do you think Peter and John felt? in that day. They weren't boasting because Peter said, look, don't look at us like it's our own holiness that did this. 
But he did know the reason this happened is because we have obeyed God and followed his instruction. And uh, he told us back when, he said, lay, lay hands on the sick and see them recover. And so he said, we're just doing what the Lord said, and look what happened. And I wonder if that guy turned around and told him, said, you know, I have never walked a day in my life. And to be a part of that, how do you think Peter and John felt? Wow. I don't know if that's where the high five was invented, but I, I'd like to think that they walked out going, yes, sir. I mean, to see somebody's life change like that, how blessed they were, that instruction that they got uh, from the Lord. And so if, if we want that, that great success, then we're going to have to have the things of the Word of God. We've got to do what the Word of God says for us to do. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, I think I, I, think I gave you that. Um, did I? Yeah, there we go. Peter, uh, the Lord said, this is talking to the people, and he said, I want, I want to give you an example here. He said, therefore, whoever hears the sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house on a rock. Now, building a house, that's your life. Somebody said, I'm establishing my presence. This is my life. I'm building a house. And, and that house, that doesn't just mean that structure, but everything that's in it, the memories that are in it, the, the, what was poured into it, and, and all the things that, that have happened there, the family that has happened there, all the memories that have happened there. He said, uh, this, life, this man's life is entailed. Because when he talks about house a lot of times, he's talking about this house. He's talking about what goes on with this life. He said, so the rain descends, the flood came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does, does it not will be like a foolish man who built on the sand. And I don't even know if I'll give you the next one. Yeah. He said, and the rain descended, floods came, winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So you see two people, two lives. One has success, the other one doesn't. The one that has success is the one who has not only heard the sayings of the Lord, but has kept them. He has listened to that wise instruction and said, I will follow what the Lord says. And then now he's living his life, and no matter what comes against him, he stands. How do you still stand him? Because I'm built on the rock. I'm built on the foundation. I I have listened to what he said in his word, and I have done my best to obey that. I, I, I live by the word of God. And, hey, man, what happened to your house? I built it on the sand. Well, did you hear what Jesus said? Yeah, but I don't pay attention to all that religious stuff. I don't pay attention to, you know, God stuff. I don't believe in no God. I don't believe, you know, all that. I'm fine. Well, that's why your house is in ruin. That's why your life is in ruin. That's why you can't ever figure out what God wants you to do. Because you have no instruction. Uh, you know, you're trying to make it your own way. And let me tell you, on our best day, people on, on their best day rarely, rarely ever get it right. We need him. We have got to have the Lord if we're going to do the things that uh, he wants us to do. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, uh, there's a lot of scripture. If you if you read or study Proverbs, you should. If you don't, you should. The first seven chapters are probably some of the best instruction that you can get in this life. 
Uh, my, my pastor used to tell us that all the time, and, and I have read the first seven chapters of Proverbs, I guess, more than any scripture in the book. Uh, anytime I would go sit out, that's, that's like my main reading whenever I go, if I go hunting, I always take my little small Bible with me, and I always read uh, those first seven chapters while I'm sitting there because it, it, there's something in it. He knew it, and he, he told us as young ministers, he said, you need to read those chapters over and over and over, he said, because it'll help protect your life. Now, I'm not going to read the, whole, the first seven chapters today, so don't worry, but you should. When you get a chance, read them. It's quick reading. It's easy reading. Read them, but read it slow. Read it prayerfully and say, how do I apply this to my life? But in chapter 3, uh, he begins to tell about the benefits of wisdom. He said, my son, forget not my law, but let your heart keep my commandment. Why? For length of days and long life and peace they shall add unto you. Oh, somebody, you always quoting scripture. You're always talking about the word of God. Yeah, because I want to live long, <laughs> and I want to have some peace in my life. The Bible says that, you know, that, that uh, there's a peace of God that passes understanding when it comes through this, this word right here. And the people that love his law and love his word, it said, uh, if they love that word, it said, nothing will offend them. They, 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 I mean, and that, you know, it's like uh, they just stand, man, they just got their face set like a flint. They just, their heart is fixed, and they just keep walking for God. So he said, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them about your neck. Write them on the table of your heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Will of God. And all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Will of God. That's what... When wherever we're saying, what's the will of God? We're wanting to know which way do I go? What do I choose? He said, well, if you'll just keep my commandments, I'll direct your path. You'll be scratching your head all the time going, you ever, do you know somebody who has never said, I don't know what the will of God is about that? You know why they're not asking? Because they're just walking in his will. But when every single decision you have to make, oh, should I, should I eat here or there? What's, oh, God, what's your will for my lunch today? My goodness, friend, just serve the Lord. Man, he'll send you to Chick-fil-A right there. Ah, no. oh, they're closed on Sunday. Too bad. No, listen, but it's like, it's like every single decision, and I believe in praying always, and I believe in giving thanks and everything. But let me tell you, there are some things that God, guess what? He's not concerned about. He doesn't care. You know, I've had, I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, oh, listen up, college kids. What do I need to major in? I'm your pastor. I'm not your guidance counselor. So I go, I don't know. What do you like? Because, hey, God don't care if you're a vet or a pharmacist or a teacher. He don't care. Because we need Holy Ghost people in every profession. Well, I really love animals. Man, I just love animals. Man, that's such a great thing. I just love to do that. We'll be a vet. Yeah, but you know, pharmacists make such good money. And, and So, well, now look, what's your motivation? You want to do what you love? You want to do what's going to just make money? Because you probably get tired of just making money after a while. People say, oh, I wouldn't get that. Yeah, you will. Ain't that, you, you want to do what you love. And, and so what you do is you look in the, in the Scripture and you find 
you, know, you, you can still find it the way to go by looking in Scripture. Will either one of these hurt me? Will they keep me out of the house of God? Will they cause me to lose my walk with God? If not, guess what? God don't care. He's going to bless whichever job you go to because he wants you to be blessed. But we, oh, oh, should I get this one? Should I get that one? What's, what's your will, God? Some things, God's like, man, that's not even about my will. But you, we make it like that. But when you just serve him, he said, I'll direct your path. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Man, you'll just walk and walk to the right door. You'll walk and go down the right street. You'll walk into the right place. And you don't have to always be. It doesn't mean you never will uh, pray about some things. but And you will just know that it's God's will. And you walk in that. You commit the keeping of your soul unto him. And if he's keeping your soul, he's going to direct you into his will. You will wind up right where you need to be. People that are listening to him and following his instruction, you don't hear them so often say, what is the will of God? They just simply say, this was the will of God. Because they know that they're right where they need to be. You know, it's, uh, you know I didn't have to wonder uh, you know, if she was the will of God. I knew she was. I was living my life for God. Man, I tell you, I, I was a wild, crazy person. But when I came to God, man, I submitted, and I lived for him, and I, and I forsake, had forsaken this world, and I was living my life for him, and uh, I wanted to have all the right things in my life, and, and uh, man, it walked right into it. It was God's will. I, did, I never one time, I never prayed one time and said, God, is it your will for me to marry that woman? I left her house the first night I talked to her and said out loud to myself, I'm going to marry her because I knew it was the will of God. All, all you young people going, hmm, be careful now. Sure, you want the will of God for your life, but when you live when you take care of what you can see right here, listen, the will of God is in the Word of God. The will of God is in the Word of God. And when you live by the Word of God, all the doors, the right doors will open, all the wrong doors will close, all the dead ends will be blocked off, and you will continually be going in the right direction, going to the right places, meeting the right people, doing the right things. Because God will direct your step. Oh, he makes you a puppet. No, because you still have free will to choose uh, in every situation. He, he, does it. he orders your steps, but you've got to walk in them. Yeah, he'll direct your path, but you still have to follow it. Uh, you, know, you give somebody directions, but do they always follow them? Yeah. Where are you at? I'm trying to find your house. Well, I gave you directions. Yeah, but I just figured I'd ride out that way till I saw it. Okay. I don't want to follow directions. Nobody, nobody tell me what to do. That's why you're lost all the time, scratching your head all the time. When God can't tell you what to do, forget about worrying about what your pastor says sometimes. If you can't listen to him, I got no chance with you. You know, you, you got to listen to God, listen to the Lord. So he, he man, I even get where I was at. 
in, in, this, in this one. But what I'm telling you is that he will take care of you where you are. That word of God will give you everything that you have to have. He, he said again uh, in uh, verse 11, I'm going to go to there. My son, don't despise the chastening of the Lord and don't be weary of his correction. For whom the love lords, he corrects, even as a father, the son of whom he delights. God is delighted with you even when he has to correct you. Why is he correcting you? Because he wants you to keep his instruction. Happy is the man that finds wisdom, the man that gets understanding, for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain of gold. She is more precious than rubies and all things you can desire not to be compared unto her. There ain't nothing earthly that can compare to the God-given wisdom of a child of God. When God gives you understanding, gives you the instruction of the Lord is, is worth more than any riches you could ever have on this earth. And he said, there's nothing on earth that you can compare to it. Length of days is in her right hand, in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retains her. Keep what God is saying. Do what God is saying. Make sure you understand what God is saying. And so instruction uh, comes through his word, and that instruction brings us the success we want in this life. Well, I, I want my marriage to be successful. It's in there. You know, just read Paul's letter. Uh, it'll tell you. Listen to the things that Jesus said. It'll, it'll help you. Uh, it tells, you know, we, we, and I'm not against any of those uh, premarital counselings, all that stuff. That's great stuff, man. Any of that kind of stuff is good for you. But you can always go back and look and say, God, what do I need to do to have a great marriage? I can promise you it's right here. It's in this book. There are sometimes people say, I don't want to hear no more scripture quoted to me. Then I got no answer for you. I had somebody say that one time. They was, their, their family life was in a wreck, and they were going through all kinds of things. And, and this was way back when we first started the church. And, man, it was just it was turmoil every day. You know, they were just, uh, and, and finally, I, man, I was praying. We were talking, counseling, and everything. And he's like, I don't want no more spiritual answers. I got, I got nothing to say. I don't know what to tell you then. Because I can only instruct you from his word. I, I, I don't, if you want you know, somebody to, to pat you on the back or, or agree with you in your wrong choices, you'll have to, it'll have to be somebody else. It won't be me. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to instruct you what the scripture says. All I can tell you is that if you would do these things, everything would work out. But you're not doing them. I say, hey, have you done this? Well, no. And that's why we're still here. Do what the Word of God says to do. I'm not against uh, counseling. I'm not against therapy, any of that kind of stuff. All for it. But it will never replace this book. It, there's a big thing in this time, in this day and age, because there's a big awareness coming on about uh, you know, mental health and things like that. Thank God that uh, things are being diagnosed and people are figuring things out. Thank God. Uh, we need therapy. And, as my wife said, we need therapy and we need Jesus. We need it. Got to have it. But let me tell you something. Therapy 
never, never will replace Jesus. Because all the therapy in the world can't save you. Only Jesus can save you. And so, uh, let me tell you, if you need therapy and you're following God's word, you'll end up in therapy because God will direct you right to it because he loves you that much. Hey, I want you somewhere where you can get some help. I believe, he, I believe the Lord said, I'll send you to a doctor so they can find out what's wrong with you. But he could heal me. Yes, he could. Sometimes he, he don't just pull things away and he'll send you somewhere I'm going, well, I was feeling fine. I'm going for a checkup. Boom, they found out something else was going on. If they hadn't found that, I could be gone tomorrow. But guess what? They found it. wonder why. Because Jesus will direct your steps, sometimes right to the urgent care. I believe it. I believe that when we serve him and follow him, that our steps are ordered. And if you can't believe that, how can you even believe that you're saved? How can you believe that he can actually wash your sins away? If you can't trust him to take care of your everyday life, how can we trust him to take care of our eternal soul? I want, I want uh, to make sure that I am following the instructions of the Lord so I can have good success and so that I can know his will. And it's not uh, so hard for us to find. It's right there close uh, to us. Moses told his people before he left in his last words to them, uh, Deuteronomy 30, let's see, 11 through 14, he said, For this commandment which I command you this day, it, it's not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It's, it is not in heaven that you should say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? And neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. The word's right there. The word's right there. David said, I'll hide the word in my heart so I can not sin against thee. You know what that is? That's living your life right and will of God. I want to live according to the will of God. It's his will for me not to sin. So I'm going to hide his word in my heart. I don't have to have, uh, you know, it, it's not somewhere far off and we never get to hear it. We get a chance to hear it every day. It's on your phone. It's in your car. It's, in your, it's on your nightstand, on your coffee table, on your bookshelf. It's right here on, on Mondays. It's right here on Wednesday. It's right here on Sunday. We've got just opportunity for the Word of God to change us. But, boy, uh, you can't come in and tune out the Scripture. Tune out the words. You've got to listen to it so you can do it. You, got, you can't do it unless you hear it. But if you hear it, you need to do it. We need to keep the word of God. Uh, James told us that we don't want to be a hearer only and not a doer. He said, but if we are a doer of the word, that we would be blessed in our deeds. God's going to take care of us when we do that. That's going to be that will of God. And you can come on to the music, darling. Thank you. Um, so great success in the will of God. The will of God, like I say, is not so hard for us to find. Paul said, you know, the Lord is not far from, he said we ought to seek after the Lord that we might find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Well, he's right here. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and this word is with us today. It's nigh to thee even in our mouth. It's in our heart. We have that word, and so... Uh, the will of God is in 
the Word of God. And so sometimes we're like, I know, you know, well, should I go here? You know, I got a, two job offers. One's in, you know, Orlando. One's in Boston. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, so I'm praying for God's will. And we don't know, you know, what the will of God is right now for, for our situation. What should I do? Maybe one of them is wrong. Maybe one of them will be, uh, you know, will disconnect me and cause me a lot of problems. Maybe they're going to work me so much I can't go to church. And, but I don't know. I don't know what I should do. And, but, you know, we worry so much more about the unknown will of God than we do about the known will of God. The reason sometimes people don't get any answers about what's God's will in an unknown situation is because they're not taking care of what the known will of God is. Are we being holy because He's holy? That's the will of God. It's in His Word. Are we giving thanks in all things because that's the will of God concerning us? You know, when we look at the Scripture and see all the things that He tells, hey, thou shalt not kill. You know what? That's the Lord's will. We shouldn't lie. That's the Lord's will. We shouldn't gossip. That's the Lord's will. We shouldn't hate. That's the Lord's will. So if we take care of the known will of God, the unknown will of God is just going to fall right into place. But some people are so worried about the unknown will of God. Listen, I'm telling you, take care, live your life for Him, follow Him, obey His word, keep the commandments. That's the whole duty of man. Fear God and keep the commandments. The will of God it's going to come, you're going to walk right smack into it. And instead of saying, wow, is that the will of God? You're going to say, wow, this is the will of God. Because you'll know you're right where you're supposed to be. The secret to success in this life is keeping the word of God in this instruction today. Let's stand together this morning. So I know we pray for things. I know, hey, listen, we, now we did pray, you know, Lord, what's your will for us as far as being pastors of a church? At one time, we had five opportunities all at one time. Before we started this church, when this church was on the table with, with four other places that wanted us to come and pastor. And so we were just praying. And one by one, they would just, you know, it would get blocked here, it was getting blocked there. And, and then it was this. Well, here we are. How many feel like restoration apostolic was the will of God? I, I, I do. Not because we're anything, but let me tell you, there's a lot of people wouldn't be living for God today if it wasn't for this place. God's done a lot of great things in this house. And, hey, oh, don't think I now, don't, I, I wouldn't, I, you know, I was, but I was just walking I was, I was wanting to backseat drive. Lord, where are we going? But you just walk, serve him, pray fast, keep the commandments, and guess what? You'll walk smack dab into the will of God for your life. God, God's going to give you what you need today. Let's lift our hands and pray this morning. Ask him to help you, Lord. Help me to trust you so I can walk in your ways. Lord, thank you for that word, that precious word of God. Lord, the instruction it gives, the life it brings to us. I pray today, Lord, that we'll be able to trust you and walk in your ways. Lord, so we can see the will of God for our life. 
Lord, so we're not tormented and confused, uh, always wondering, Lord, where do I go? What do I do? But we'll just know what the will of God is for our life. Lord, today, help us to receive this, to understand it, to live by your word today. God, we ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Give him a hand clap of praise. What a great God. I'm thankful for the word of God today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thankful for each one of you today. God bless you. Hey, let's find a place and pray before the next service. And let's see what God's going to do. God bless you.